purposing and endeavoring to walk with him all the ways of his commandments. Now, I don't know if the writers of the Westminster Confession of Faith were thinking about the, the story of blind Bartimaeus, but it's a perfect fit. A man that has a comprehension of God's mercy. And that's what Bartimaeus had. He was pleading mercy. Along with that cry for mercy, there will be this new purpose, endeavoring to walk with him all the ways of his commandments. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Gollaher. Today on our program, we're turning to Blind Bartimaeus, the man sitting along the roadside when Jesus passed by. And on that day, the Lord opened his eyes. The blind was made to see. A great expression of Jesus' purpose coming into the world. He was the light of the world who giveth light to every man. And I hope that today that you will receive light for your soul, light of salvation that will be a blessing and an encouragement to your heart. And we also have hymns today, the Whitfield Choir singing, Though your sins uh, are scarlet, they shall be white as snow, and all hail the power of Jesus' name. We begin with our study in the book of Romans. We're turning to chapter 1, verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. And here's a question. Why did Paul the Apostle mention the word wrath in chapter 118? There's another reason why he was not ashamed of the gospel. You remember Paul saying that, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Then he goes on to say, for the wrath of God is revealed. So obviously this is a second reason why Paul says he's not ashamed of the gospel. And he obviously has the answer to a very serious problem. So note that verse 18 here begins with the word for, which carries the meaning of because. Paul therefore made the wrath of God a reason to rejoice in the good news of the gospel. To insist on a gospel that offers a God-provided righteousness as the only way of salvation obviously requires strong reasons. And Paul's big reason is God's wrath, for the wrath of God is revealed. And he says that it's revealed from heaven, uh, where God sits on his throne, and he is moved to destroy the wicked. It is against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. God sits as a judge. He notices every sin. He marks every sin. And if he were quick to mark iniquity, who could stand? Who could plead their uh, righteousness before a holy God when God marks sin? And then also it says that it's against all who hold the truth in unrighteousness. And that means that they suppress the truth. They fight against the light of creation and conscience, which God gives to every man. 
And here in this passage in Romans uh, chapter 1, Paul goes on to talk about the light of creation and the things that are around us, which every day tell us that there is a true God. And it says that the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. And when we look at that vista of heaven, sky, mountain, and sea, all of it speaks of the very grace and goodness of God. And so we need to to recognize that God is there, and if we suppress the truth, then again, that's another evidence of our uh, hostility against him, for which he will judge us. So it's not a lack of light, but it's a lack of love. And men need to love God. And that's the first great commandment, to love the Lord thy God with all their hearts. And I hope that today that you are a a lover of God and that you have surrendered your heart and life unto him. And thereby, through Jesus' blood and righteousness, you can be and will be wonderfully saved. May God speak to your heart today through his word and minister to your heart now through this hymn. All heal the power of Jesus' name. Mark chapter 10, the passage that we read together, and especially those latter verses. And tonight I want us to witness the power of faith. We will see a man that is transformed from the road of beggars to the road to Calvary. We see a man that is turned from the road to doom, and he is now ready for glory. Let's sneak a little peek at the end of the story. Perhaps sometimes you read a book like that, and you say, well, I want to see how this ends before we even begin. If you look at the last little statement in the chapter, verse 52, well, we get the end of the story. And followed Jesus in the way. What? That Filthy, blind Bartimaeus, that beggar who sat along the roadside, that dirty, scruffy beggar that no one even cared about, he is now joining the crowd, following the Lord Jesus through Jericho on the way to Jerusalem. And it was all because of his faith. In that verse 52, you'll notice what the Lord Jesus pronounced. Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Now, those are liberating words. Those are victory words for any man. He was free from his blindness. 
He was free from his begging, and he was free from the highway of shame where he had once sat begging. But note that Bartimaeus used that freedom to follow the Lord Jesus. That's the staggering thing I notice. Jesus said, go thy way. And it turns out that Bartimaeus' way was the way that the Lord Jesus was already leading. Now, that shows me this was genuine faith at work. And it is the power of faith that I want us to look at in this story and account here tonight. You've heard it said, said that we are not saved by works through faith, but by faith that works. And if your faith does not work, it is not true faith at all. In the book of James we read, But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? And that is what we see here in this account of what once was blind Bartimaeus. We see faith at work. And we need that kind of faith. We need faith that will set us on the way of following the Lord Jesus. Now, a little later in the message, we will see what that involved to be on that day following the Lord Jesus through Jericho, up that slope all the way to the city of Jerusalem. And remember, this was his last journey through Jericho, and he was going the way of the cross. And we're going to learn something of what that meant. And so I hope tonight that Bartimaeus is something of a camera shot of your own Christian life, that tonight you are following the Lord in the way, and it's the way you want to go. There's no pressure. There's no outward uh, forces that's pressuring you to go this route. You can truly say, it is the desire of my heart that I follow the Lord Jesus in the way. And of course, every Christian wants to be in the center of God's will. We want to be in that way that is close to the Lord, that will make us to be useful unto the Lord. Now, do you know what I mean by that? This camera shot of your soul. Uh, are you on board that you want to be parallel with this man Bartimaeus in the way that he followed the Lord Jesus? Well, let's take a look at his faith and I trust that we will apply it to our own hearts here tonight as well. I want you to see that it is faith in the person of the Lord Jesus. I want us to check the genuineness of faith. And you must see that it is faith with the right object in this case. And it is not determined by feelings. It's not determined by emotions, but on its object and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, it's very easy for us in this account to check this, because if we want to know what was the object of this man's faith, I want you to answer this question. What or who was the first thing or person that Bartimaeus saw when the Lord opened his eyes? It was Jesus. 
That's the wonder of the story. The first thing that Bartimaeus saw was the Savior. And the miracle of healing, opening his eyes, gave him a sight of the Lord Jesus. And in that, it is parallel with genuine faith, because true, saving, gospel, evangelical faith gets your eyes on the Lord Jesus. He is the object of our faith, not some religious trinket, not some man-made idol, not a religious relic, but the person the Lord Jesus. That's the cue, the focus of a true believer's faith. And of course, we're told uh, in our Christian life to be ever looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That's how we walk. That's how we become a disciple. And every day we must be keeping our eyes upon the Lord. Now, it's very interesting as you follow through this account how Bartimaeus came to clearer and clearer views of the Lord Jesus. He started off whenever he cried out along the roadside, and we're told that he heard that Jesus of Nazareth was coming along that way. Now, that was Jesus' earthly ID. He was born of Nazareth. He was of the family of Nazareth. That was an accurate statement of the earthly identity of the Lord Jesus. His family belonged to Nazareth. He grew up there. He worked there until he was 30 years of age. But Bartimaeus didn't stop there, because as he sat along that roadside, heard about Jesus of Nazareth, what did he cry out? Look at verse 48. It says, he cried the more a great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Now, that was his messianic ID. Jesus of Nazareth is his earthly ID, but Jesus, thou son of David, was his messianic ID. And of course, the, the prophets, the scriptures taught that the Savior, the Messiah, would be of the line of David. He would be of the house of David. And so this now is a statement of faith, faith in the Scriptures, faith in the prophecies of the Old Testament, faith in the idea of the true Messiah. So we can see Bartimaeus' faith at work, and we can see that faith will always be in accordance with the Scriptures. If your faith is contrary to what's in the Bible, it's not true biblical faith. If your faith is off the mark, then you cannot say you have the faith that comes from God. Faith will accept the biblical statements about the Lord Jesus, because that's the only true Savior. And so Bartimaeus' faith, no doubt, was building. And I hope tonight that you have that growing faith that Jesus is not only the one that was born in Nazareth, but He is the one who is the son of David, the Messiah. Now, in that faith, he cried out for mercy. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And he recognized that Jesus was the one who could deal with him 
on the very basis of mercy. Now, mercy was his appeal because he had nothing else. He was a beggar. He had nothing to offer. He was empty-handed, bankrupt, broken, blind. And so, the only argument he could put up that day was mercy. And of course, that is the Savior's forte. He delighteth in mercy. And here is now true faith at work. He gets his eyes on the Lord, calls him the son of David, and he pleads with him for mercy. Now, there's a wonderful text in the Bible that links David to God's mercy. And it's in the book of Isaiah, and perhaps it would be profitable just to take a peek at that if you turn with me to Isaiah 55 and verse 3. And uh, this really is uh, the gospel, and it is a wonderful uh, convergence of the whole idea and the truth of God's mercy and in Jesus, the Son of David. It says here in Isaiah 55, 3, Incline your heart and come unto me, hear, and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Now, Bartimaeus may have been blind, but he was not deaf. And he heard of Jesus of Nazareth. It says that right there in Mark 10. He heard of Jesus of Nazareth. He also heard these prophecies concerning the Lord Jesus, and therefore he was bang on on that day to plead for mercy. If there was anything that would link this man up to the Lord Jesus Christ, it was the cry for mercy. And of course, that is the great boon that the Lord delighteth to give. And so, faith that is real, faith that works to the saving of the sinner's soul, is focused on the Lord Jesus, focused on His Messiahship, and mercy. All of it adds up to a perfect picture of real faith. And so, when we sing that hymn, A Debtor to Mercy Alone, of covenant mercy I sing, nor fear with thy righteousness on my person and offering bring. The terrors of law and of God with me have nothing to do. My Savior's obedience and blood hide all my transgressions from view. And so, we can check out our faith. Do we have this real, genuine, saving faith? Is the Lord Jesus the object of our faith? Have we this confidence that He's the Son of David, and that He is linked to this covenant of mercy? And that's the basis on which we're saved, that we become a Christian, and we're delivered from all of our sins. And so, we had faith in the person of Christ. I note also in this whole account that this man Bartimaeus had faith in the power of Christ. When it comes right down to it, and he stood before the Lord Jesus, and the Lord said to him, What wilt thou have me to do unto thee? What did blind Bartimaeus say? He was like a little boy standing before his father and said, That I may receive my sight. It's as if I know it's nothing to you. 
You have all power, and I'm simply asking for my eyesight. Did he know what he was asking? Did he understand the extent of this miracle? But again, he knew that nothing was too hard, nothing was impossible for the Lord Jesus. Now, that faith in the power of the Lord was the reason for uh, his boldness. You remember he sat along the roadside and he was crying out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And everybody was saying, shush, quiet. No one wants to hear from you right now. But Jesus heard. And he cried all the more. He cried all the more, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And the boldness, this, this insistence that was in his heart, I must have the Lord Jesus. Why? Because he knew that the Lord had power to heal him from his blindness. And when people are backward and shy and say, well, I don't want to approach, I don't want to get near, really it's unbelief. It's unbelief that people keep people away from the Lord. But it's faith in the power of the Lord that make men bold. That's the reason why they step forward and say, Lord, I need you because they have faith in his power. Also in verse 50, you will see again that this faith in the Lord's power is expressed when he cast away his garment. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. Now, the very thing that clothed him along the roadway, the very thing that gave him some semblance of dignity— and if it was that typical coat of a Jewish meal that gave him some form of dignity before men, that garment, when he heard of Jesus, he just threw it away. Why? Because he knew he'd never need it again. He knew the Lord would save him from his begging posture, from that way of life, and when he would come to the Lord, that he would be healed. So it's great faith. That's why the Lord said to him, down in verse 52, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Now, this garment, this throwing away of the garment, is like throwing away the old life. And that's another mark of true faith. When a person exercises real saving faith in the Lord Jesus, they're going to be done with the old life. There is a measure of repentance mingled with that faith. Now, repentance mingled with faith, I see it here in Bartimaeus' life, and faith is the positive side. Repentance is the negative side, but it's one and the same thing, coming to Jesus. Faith without repentance is empty. And of course, repentance without faith is not sufficient either. We do not believe in doing penance, you can beat yourself up. You can do all kinds of things to say that you're a bad person, but it doesn't link you to the Lord. The two must go together. Our Westminster Confession of Faith, and I checked it on this, chapter 15, sections 1 and 2, it says this, Repentance unto life is an evangelical grace, the doctrine whereof is to be preached by every minister of the gospel— as well as that of faith in Christ. 
So if you want to know if your faith is genuine tonight, I ask you, does it also mean you've given up the old life? You've repented of the old life the old way. Let me read to you just another little section of that confession, section 2. Upon the apprehension of the mercy in Christ to such as are penitent, so grieves for and hates his sins as to turn from them all unto God, purposing and endeavoring to walk with him all the ways of his commandments. Now, I don't know if the writers of the Westminster Confession of Faith were thinking about the, the story of blind Bartimaeus, but it's a perfect fit. A man that has a comprehension of God's mercy, and that's what Bartimaeus had. He was pleading mercy. Along with that cry for mercy, there will be this new purpose, endeavoring to walk with him all the ways of his commandments. is Pastor Ian Golliher. Call me, please, at 604-897-2040. For all the details of our broadcasts across Canada, go to ltbs.ca. This broadcast comes to you today from the Free Presbyterian Church in Cloverdale, located at 18790 
58th Avenue, Surrey, at the corner of 188th Street and 58th Avenue. Our website is cloverdealfpc.ca and there you can find gospel articles, links to our sermons, a gospel booklet called A New Beginning and a link to watch our services online. You're warmly invited to attend any of our Sunday services at 10.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. to meet with us as we worship God and to hear the preaching of His precious Word. We also meet for Bible study and prayer every Wednesday evening at 7.30 p.m. Our Sunday School for Children and Adult Bible Class meet every Lord's Day at 9.30 a.m. from September to June. You can contact us at 604-567-1091. Alternatively, you can email me at pastor.cloverdealfpc at gmail.com. Again, for all this information, please visit our website at cloverdealfpc.ca. Our burden is that you will hear and understand the gospel that will bring you to know the Lord Jesus Christ and his great salvation. This is Pastor Andrew Fitton. Thank you for listening today. And be sure to listen Monday to Friday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. and on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our one-hour church service as we worship the Lord through the ministry of His Word.